Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We're going to pray right afterwards. Well, grace and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. It is so good to see you all in here. Those of you who are watching us online, God bless you. It's so good to have you in the house this morning, tuned in with us. And uh, we do give God praise for you being here. Like I said, we're going to pray right after this. Um, But I want to release this to you real quick. Then we get to the popsicles after service. (laughs) Amen. We got sweets and stuff like that that you... Um, after service so get one before you go on this memorial day weekend so we're so glad uh, to have you here go with me to james chapter 5 verse 7 james chapter 5 verse 7 we're going to put it on the screen hallelujah we honor your presence in this moment lord james chapter 5 verse 7 i'm reading from the new king james version for those of you who are watching online and those of you who are in person Now it reads, it says, therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Verse 8 says, you also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. And verse 11, hit you with this and we're going to get into today's message. Indeed, we count them bless who endure you have heard the perseverance of job and seen the end intended by the lord that the lord is very compassionate and merciful say this with me the lord is very compassionate and merciful all right i want to talk to you from the subject this morning entitled until the rain comes until the rain comes Ladies and gentlemen, I kind of want to focus our posture on, I don't know about you, but I've been sensing while we're looking at social media, the news, a growing level of frustration. Not only about what's going on in our land, but some people are facing a growing frustration as it pertains to uh, different things that are happening in our lives personally. Last, this, this past week, I looked at the notice, uh, <laughs> That they increasing the rent. I said, like, oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all tripping. <laughs> I'm like, this much for this? I'm like, I was like, sweetie, we going to got to get up out of here. <laughs> I mean, all of us are facing this. They, they, there's a shortage, ladies and gentlemen, going on. 
it seems like famine is hitting the land and different things like that. And not only to not only that, but it's also a personal thing that there may be some things that you may be waiting on God for, certain things that you feel in your life that you 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 know God I, I that God would intervene in and different things like that. And it seems like you feel as though your prayers are or are on deaf ears. It feels like God don't hear your prayers. It feels like uh, maybe God don't like me no more. Maybe God don't like you listening to all of this stuff and you may be thinking it in your head and you start putting thoughts in God's mind that he don't really have concerning you. You start projecting not only your thoughts on God, but you project your thoughts on others. <laughs> be like, God, don't worry about me. And that's far from the truth. It's far from the truth because God is very well concerned about your life. He's the almighty God. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing about your life that he has not already planned and already mapped out. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us are all of us. God puts the ball in our court to see will you choose him while you are experiencing delay. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, we are all, ladies and gentlemen, having to make a decision on if we are going to stay committed to God. How can we trust God? I don't even see him. How do I trust a God? I feel like I'm praying the air. Not realizing, ladies and gentlemen, that God is as real, ladies and gentlemen, as the phone that you have in your hand. Not realizing this, that there was an origin of how all of this was created, that science is still trying to explain how all of this came to be. Because it cannot explain origin of how things began. And so things began because there was a transcending God that existed before time. That's why we call him the Ancient of Days. He was not created, he already was. And so this God that exists, we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, who, who are saying that, hey, I'm giving my life over to this God. In our life, we are going, in this life of faith, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have to go through this contention where it feels as though that you and God are not on the same page. You and I in this life are going to have to go through and wrestle with the tension where we feel as though that we feel forsaken. Because if God loves me, I would not be, the, the lie is that if God loves you, I wouldn't be dealing with this. But because God loves you, that's why you're dealing with it. Why? It's because there is things in you that God has to perfect if you're going to become more like him. There's things within you and I, I know all of us want to be like, we so good individuals. I know everybody, I think I'm a good person. Let me tell you something. If you ever thought an evil thought, how good are you? Oh, really? <laughs> but I didn't act on it, but you thought it. <laughs> uh, there is nothing good within any of us, and that's why we need Jesus. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as I was processing the things of going on this week, as I was processing things in my own life this week, I come to realize if that if I am going to overcome weariness or get to a place of trying to avoid sometimes this frustration, I have to trust God with what I'm dealing with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I have to trust God with what I'm dealing with. And when I was releasing this all to God on this past Friday, ladies and gentlemen, God spoke back to me and gave me his word. James chapter five. 
In the book of James chapter 5, ladies and gentlemen, in the very early verses, God, ladies and gentlemen, in the very early verses, it was ta- James was talking about how the rich were taking advantage of those who were least fortunate. How the rich were taking advantage of, and, 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 and like you see now, inflation and all this stuff going on, how people were benefiting from this. And then he comes, and then this is what James does, and he tells the people of God, yeah, I know you are, because in that day, the people of God were suffering persecution. They were suffering all types of hardship because not a lot of people had their coins together. It was hard times. People were taking advantage of some, ladies and gentlemen. And so what happens is, is that James tells them in this very verse, in verse 7, he says, listen, they they will have their day. See, a lot of us have to understand that God will always vindicate whatever has been trying to harm you or try to take advantage of you. See, you feel as though that I need to take it within my own self to get my vindication or to come back at what I was wrong with. And sometimes you and I have to allow God to fight those battles that we feel like fighting. Sometimes you have to allow God to 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 avenge what you have been suffering with. You have to allow God that if you had somebody taken or somebody who experienced the loss of a love, you got to allow God to avenge that. A lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, we want to take on wrath and we want to do all of that, but it only makes your soul darker. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And James is telling him, don't you worry about it. I just need you to be patient. He said, I want you to be patient, ladies and gentlemen, and I also want you to understand that you got to persevere. See, the reality, ladies and gentlemen, all you're going to see all throughout these verses are about James saying to be patient, persevere. You have to understand that the Christian faith, the Christian life is all about perseverance and all about patience. You have to understand that there are things just because you are a believer, just because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life does not mean that you and I will not experience tribulation, does not mean that you and I will not experience suffering. Let me tell you something. Suffering is one of the foolish things that God uses to perfect a person's character. Because let me tell you something, how else will we know that you have genuine faith in God if it's never been tested? How else will we know and how how else will God know, more so God know, that you are truly his is if something comes at you, if life comes at you and the first thing you're doing is denouncing him. What is it? How can you genuinely say that you are trying to walk this life out? Everything is good when everything is fine. But the, the, the real, the, the real, what separates the wheat from the tear, ladies and gentlemen, what separates those who, who, who will who, uh, separate those who are genuinely about this life is the perseverance. <laughs> Jesus told you in this life, you will have trouble. This ain't no figment of imagine. This ain't no, that Jesus didn't tell you something that wouldn't happen. He told you, you're going to have trouble. It's not if, it's a matter of when. There will be some things where you will understand, you will shake shake your head like, why do I even believe this? There are moments in your life where that will happen. 
But those are the moments where you have to allow God to show himself in a mighty way in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're hearing this verse right here again, and he said in James, and this is what stood out to me. He says, be patient until the coming of the Lord. Matter of fact, this word until, ladies and gentlemen, the Greek gives this idea of a time frame, almost like a pregnant woman, that it would be like until her time. What do she do in before uh, 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 while she's waiting on the baby? My wife and I are pregnant, and so we got, uh, 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 we, we in month five, and we got about four more to go, and so she's patiently trying to all right I'm ready to get this thing on out I want to be my body back snatched again I feel you but patience is necessary <laughs> y'all know y'all women y'all like I need my body back <laughs> but patience ladies and gentlemen hear me it's patience it's, it's patience it's patience it's patience he says I got to be patient until the coming of the Lord what James is saying what do we do in the meantime while we are waiting for the coming of the Lord. This is referring to his second coming, referring to when Jesus raptures the church. And even in that time, they believed that the Lord was coming back even in that time. But James is saying, be patient. How many of us will be honest in the room and those of you who are watching online? Who suffers with patience? Raise your hand. I'm raising mine. Don't be ashamed. You're in God's house. Don't lie. <laughs> We all suffers with patience. I thought I was a pretty patient guy until I got into pastoring. I realized that while I'm patient, God said, okay, you think you're patient, but let me test that. Let me put it to the test. How are you, how are you dealing with it? Are you getting what I'm saying? And so, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that God has to perfect in all of us is this God-like patience. There is nobody more patient and long-suffering than God. There isn't. Look, look, just, just don't look at nobody else. Look at yourself. You and I, for God to put up with us, I don't know how he does it. He has, he has to be God. <laughs> to put up with my emotions that always fluctuates. Don't try to act like I'm the only one. To put up with some of the foolish things that I've done. There has He's very patient and very long-suffering. And so, ladies and gentlemen, he has to perfect that in us so that we could be the same with other people. Because how else? That's why a part of the attribute of love is love is patient. So if I am not patient, then where is the true love? Because love, ladies and gentlemen, is patient with those who may not be where I want them to be at the moment. Are you getting what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, he says, you must be patient until the coming of the Lord. And this is what he says, and this stuck out to me. He says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until the, it receives the early and latter rain. Yeah. Let me park here, and this is why I said, until the rain comes. Ladies and gentlemen, let's now put our attention upon whom he likens this type of patience, how he gives this example of a patient. Another, another occupation that have to be, you have to be patient in is farming. Yeah. Yeah. The farmer has to be very 
patient, ladies and gentlemen. Here's why. Because he says he has to wait for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently until it receives its early and latter rain. There are things that you may be waiting on God for right now that you have to take on this mentality of the farmer. You have to adopt this attitude of the farmer because a farmer cannot harvest seed of its own. It needs to depend on the natural elements to help grow what he plant that you can't see. There are things, ladies and gentlemen, that you are proud that God will have for you that, that, that guess what? That it is your job to plant, but it's God's job to bring the harvest of what you put in the ground. There are things, ladies and gentlemen, that you're going to have to literally plant the seed of faith in and your faith has to rely on God to bring what you put in the ground to come to life. There's a seed that you may have a seed of a business, a seed of this great idea. Oh, my God, that God has put in your heart for you to do. And there are certain things that will not manifest overnight because a seed takes time for it to come out of a dark place into a place that's visible. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, that the farmer, he has to be patient because a farmer, he prepares the field. He sows the seed and then he waits for a crop is a very natural illustration of patience. You have to understand that he can do little to affect its outcome. See, the problem with many of us is that we're trying to cause the outcome to happen in our own strength. Because there are certain things that are outside of our control. And so because you can't have control over it. Just like your salvation, you want to think that you want to become perfect overnight. You think that you're going to just have it all together right away, that you're not even going to think any sinful thoughts, that you're not going to do this and that you're not going to do that. And guess what God is saying? It ain't going to happen like that. There is a time where you have to unlearn behavior that you were in prior to knowing Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's things that you had to, that you were learned. There was the system of this world that, that you were going off of. And now you have to learn what the kingdom of God is like so that you can move in the things of God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, just like the farmer there, all he can do is plant the seed. But it's God, the one that's got to cause the rain to come. It's God, the one who has to cause the sun to shine just at its right moment. Because the farmer's whole income is based upon what the natural element is going to do. The farmer, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that he has to pray for the right rain at the right time. Understand that in Palestine, where all of this was going down, the farmer was particularly dependent on the rain that came in late autumn and early spring. Now, this is really when he says the latter rain and the early rain, these both both the early and latter rain are very important because hear me watch this. The early rain refers to the coming October or early November that were essential to soften the ground for plowing. He had to, so so in order for you to get the seed in the ground, the rain was necessary to soften the ground. Because if, if the rain don't come for it to be softened, it's going to be harder for him to be able to drain that seed in. Yeah. 
Oh, my God, to get it completely rooted into the ground. And so what happens is it needed the early rain. And not only did it need the early rain, but it needed the later rain. And so the later rain refers to April or May, which were essential for the maturing of the crops shortly before harvest. And so the early rain was responsible to soften the ground. But the latter rain, ladies and gentlemen, was responsible for maturing, oh, my God, the seed to get it ready for harvest. And so just like God with us is that the seed of our salvation, the rain is necessary in our lives. And what God does in our lives is necessary to soften and break up, ladies and gentlemen, those things and ideas that are not of him. And so that he can fully mature you into the purpose that he had intended for your life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, like this farmer, you have to understand that this rain was necessary. And I don't know what you are praying to God for. You may be praying for healing. You may be praying for restoration. You may be praying for your family to get together. You may be praying to see a loved one saved. And so until the rain comes, he says, you got to be patient like this farmer. He said, you got to be patient like this farmer. And this is what this is what James is also referencing. He's referencing Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 and 14. And this is what God told uh, uh, told the people of Israel. He said, and it shall come to it shall it shall be, excuse me, that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. This is what he says. Then I will give you the rain for your land in its season the early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain your new wine and your oil he's saying that listen if you obey my commands if you obey me in my word he's saying what I'm going to do in return for you is I'm going to make it rain in its season for you I'm going to mama cause the rain to shower upon your land I'm going to cause the rain to shower upon your house I'm going to cause the rain to shower upon your children I'm going to cause the rain to shower over you at the job and that you will have all that you need Listen, say, God going to give me all that I need. I just need to be patient. He's going to give me all that I need, everything that's necessary, oh, my God, for my life. He said, I'm going to give that to you. All I ask is for obedience. All I ask is for obedience. See, you have to understand that what the farmer is doing is that he waits with a reasonable hope and expectation of a reward. The hope and the reward of the farmer is, is that the land is going to produce its harvest. Listen, the farmer, he waits a long time. He understands that ah, he just because I planned something to yesterday don't mean that I'm expecting to see it happen tomorrow. <laughs> I know a lot of us are like myself. We want to see everything we put, to, uh, put from pen to paper happen the next day, but it don't work like that. There's certain things that you got to give it time. And then he also says is that this farmer is depending uh, on things out of his own power with his eye on the heavens. So the farmer is always looking to the sky, trying to figure out when it's going to rain. <laughs> Hallelujah. The farmer is always looking to see to a point to the sky and always trying to figure out how in the world is this going to happen? 
He waits, ladies and gentlemen, with changing circumstances and many uncertainties. He don't know if it's going to rain or not. He don't know if it's going to be a drought in that season, but, it do, but he don't stop working on the field. Hallelujah. The farmer doesn't stop working just because he don't see things operating in the way that he thinks it's supposed to go. Now the farmer keeps working. He keeps plowing. He keeps trying to prepare his ground because it could happen at any moment where the necessary rain will come and the shower from heaven will cause about a oh my God a harvest. He said I'm going to keep working even while I don't see it. I'm going to keep praying even though I don't see it. I'm going to keep being faithful and working on the things that God has me to because eventually there's a reward for my patience there's a reward for faithfulness say God will not let faithfulness go unrewarded he will not let faithfulness go unrewarded Hear me, it don't matter how long you wait, God will repay. It don't matter how long you have been toiling at the ground, guess what? God will repay, and you have to understand and take a hold of that. You're not, you're, let me tell you something, you're not doing this in vain. Sometimes it feels like that, but you're not doing it in vain. This is not in vain. There is a harvest to come. He waits because he really has no other option. He has no other option. Ladies and gentlemen, we have no other option but to trust God. We have no other option but to hope that God does what he's going to do. There is no other option. See, the moment you think there are other options is when you're going to do wrong for yourself. There is no other option. <sighs> he waits because it's no good to give up. That's why you have to persevere like the farmer. It's no good for him to give up. He got to keep plowing. Oh, my God. I dare you to say over your life and say, I can't quit here. I, I can't give up here. I, I can't quit. I got to keep going. I got to I gotta keep because it's no good for me to give up. The farmer, ladies and gentlemen, he waits because time goes on and becomes more important and not less to do so. That as I'm growing there, it becomes more important because I'm waiting for the rain to come hallelujah come on shout it out one more time and say until the rain comes until the rain until the rain comes and so not only that ladies and gentlemen but this is what he says he says and so he said you also be patient so like this farmer and the things that I've attributed here and told you about him James says so you also be patient like him and this is what I like what he says in verse 10. He says, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. There was a man by the name of Elijah. And James chapter 5 verse 17 will say, Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Let me tell you something. J Joshua, um, excuse me, Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17, he announced over the, them and said that there will be no rain upon his word. And then the word of the Lord came to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17 and told him to go down to the brook of Cherith. And he said, there at the brook, I'm going to provide you a well of water 
water and I'm going to send a raven to provide your need. And so just like how the farmer has no other option to trust God because Elijah's life was on the line because Jezebel wanted him dead because he had already pronounced there would be no rain. And so when there is no rain, there's a drought. Then a drought happens with famine and then things are starting to dry up all around. But here's the thing that God does for him, that he provides his provision from unlikely sources. He provides his provision from a raven, a dirty bird to bring him food. And so God will teach you in your season of raining for the rain that it don't matter where provision come from as long as you know that I'm the one that's responsible for it. Don't you get caught up about who's going to bless you. Don't get caught up about how, where it's going to come from. All you got to do is put your face onto the heavens and just know that your provision is going to come from God. God don't want you to be caught up in the resource and how he gets it to you. He wants you to trust that he will get it to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't you see we get so caught up until we get so caught up, ladies and gentlemen, with where it's going to come from and who it's going to come from. And God saying it don't matter where it comes from. Distrust me. He said, get over to the brook of Cherith. And guess what? You get down there. I'm going to provide water for you. You get down there and I'm going to provide a bird for you. A raven to supply your need. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he says, even though you announced there would be no rain, guess what? The man of God wasn't lacking anything. He wasn't suffering from anything because God met his need down in Cherith. And then when that level of provision dried up, and when God stopped up the well, he tells him to go down to a woman, a widow woman down in there in Zarephath. And he says, when you go down there, that's where you, he, he tells her to go, tells him to go down there to that woman. And guess what? When he goes down to the woman of Zarephath, ladies and gentlemen, she thought that she was going to just cook this, uh, uh, cook this cake for her and her son and that they were going to die because there had been no rain. There had been no level of provision or resource. But guess what happens, ladies and gentlemen, is that when the prophet gets down to the woman at Zarephath, she don't have a husband to provide. She don't have anything to look out for her. But when he gets down there, he tells her to make me a cake first. And guess what? When she when she obeys the word that came from the prophet, every time that she went to go get oil and stuff, it never ran out. Why? Because God not only is going to meet you to meet somebody else's need, but that same person is going to be there to meet your need. And so that both of you can preserve even when there's in a famine or when there's even in a drought are you hearing what I'm saying and so you gotta trust God even in the midst where you feel like I don't know how you gonna send me to this person and they gonna bless me but guess what both of us gonna get blessed because we just gonna obey God until the rain comes hallelujah I'm going to obey God until the rain comes. The rain is coming. And this is what I like what Joel said in Joel chapter 2, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have it there. It says, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. He has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. 
And ladies and gentlemen, the rain in the Old Testament speaks of the faithfulness of God to come through with his word. And I don't know about you, but I've trusted in other people to give me a promise. But when you put your hope in God, when you put your trust in God, and when you fully give it all, all over to him, knowing that he's the only option, God will show you that he's not like man, that he shall lie. Neither is he the son of man that he needs to repent. But all things that come out of his mouth is true and you can take it to the bank are you hearing what i'm saying your faith needs to be stirred up this morning to know that god ain't gonna leave you hanging even when it feels like all of this going on yes inflation is happening yes it seemed like everything's going up around you but guess what god ain't gonna leave the righteous out here oh my god forsaken uh -uh, the, the psalmist said i never seen the righteous oh my god forsaken or begging for bread hallelujah he said i was young and i was old but i never saw it why because god always looks out for his own here it is hebrews chapter 10 and i'm coming on close for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of god you may receive what the promise so what are you doing until the rain comes Get your endurance up. <laughs> you got to get your endurance up. You got to persevere. That's what you got to do. Because guess what? So that you, so after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Hallelujah. And then this is what he says. And this got good. He says, for you have need of endurance. So that after you've done the will of God, he's saying you will receive the promise. He says, for yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. He said, he who is coming, he will come and he will not tarry. God will not tarry. Well, when he shows up, he's going to show up big in your life. Say, God going to show up big in my life. He's going to make himself big in my life. James 1, 2. James, verses one, verse, uh, James chapter 1, verse 12. Listen, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation because guess what? Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Listen, he said, I'm, you're going to receive that after you've endured this season, this time. He said, I'm going, he said, after that, you're going to receive the crown of life that God has for you. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that you will suffer in the name of God that he will not reward you in this lifetime or in the next. God is a God that repays and makes good on his promise. He makes good on it. And this is what and this is what James says in verse 11. He says, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. He tells you to like and listen, not only look at the prophets, but look at what happened to Job. Look at all the things that he went to and look at that at the end that God showed himself to be compassionate and merciful. Yeah. That God showed himself to be compassionate and merciful. He repaid back everything that Job ever lost. Yeah. 
because Job persevered while his faith was being tested. So while you're being tested, you got to be like the farmer. Wait and, and keep working on the ground until you see, oh my God, the reward that God has in store. Keep on enduring until you see the change that is going to happen in your life. Keep praying to God earnestly, knowing that the prayers of the righteous, it availeth much. And just like how Elijah was a human, just like we were, we can pray with that same confidence until the rain comes. And then you can be like Elijah when he presents himself back in front of them. And he goes up into the tower and he begins to pray. And while he was praying, he saw a hand, a cloud shaped in the form of a hand. And it brought the rain after three and a half years. I don't know if you've been experiencing a drought in your life, but I'm telling you now, God is bringing the rain. Hallelujah. TCF, God is bringing the rain of provision. He's bringing the rain over your life. So, be not dismayed. For whatever be tired, God will take care of you. Even in the midst of what you're going through. For those of you watching online, God will take care until the rain comes. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet right here. And just praise God that he's going to bring the rain in your life. That he's bringing the rain. He's bringing the rain. Do me a favor, pray for somebody that's next to you. You don't know what they're dealing with, but begin to pray with them if you don't mind. And just, and just pray that, that God would, that, the, that they would persevere, that they would endure in the name of the Lord Jesus. That they would endure and strengthen your people to, this morning. In the name of Jesus. Where there's weariness, oh God, touch every weary soul. In the name of Jesus. Anyone who's dealing with concern right now, with all this, God, touch them right now. Know that, God, there is no other option but to trust you. They'll put, your, they'll put their full trust in you. To understand, oh God, that we will believe and we'll see the goodness of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Knowing, oh God, there you will take care of the righteous. Understanding that this is nothing but a light affliction. But God, you are bringing back, you're bringing joy for sorrow. Hallelujah. And that you're healing every, healing every heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you right now. I thank you for what you're going to do. And I thank you for your goodness. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. I thank you in this moment, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you don't know Jesus, I'll offer you Jesus in this moment. Jesus ain't no mythological character. He ain't somebody that was made up. It's a historical fact that Jesus came on the earth, lived 33 years, that Jesus stated that he was the son of God and that he is God, likened his character and nature to the same as God. He's just not another man that claimed to be God and then put no facts behind it. The fact of the matter is, is that there to this day, we all stand because there is an empty tomb 
Nobody took his bones. Nobody took him. He is what he said he was. Christianity is the most scrutinized religion based upon the truth that is act fact. Because people have to contend with just maybe that this Jesus was the son of God. And Jesus came because you and I were going and falling to destruction because of the sin of one man named Adam. And you may think that you're perfect and everything like that, but there ain't nothing perfect in all of us. The scripture tells us that the heart is wicked and no man would know it. And that's why we need Jesus to Christ. That even while we were yet sinners, Jesus died that you may be made the righteousness of God. So that there will be no enmity between you and God anymore that was there because of the fall of one man. I heard someone say that heaven and hell is a hell of a concept. And I tell them, well, you can think it's a concept all you want to, because at the fact, at, at the end of the day, your life does not cease to stop because you are no longer here. You are a spirit, meaning that your spirit has an eternal home, whether that will be heaven or hell, that is your choice. God does not send anyone to hell. People send themselves there because of choice, not because of how, not because, not because of sin, it's because of your choice. You did not accept Jesus. Your salvation is not inherited. You don't inherit salvation because your parent was saved and think you got it. You don't inherit salvation because you think you were in a church to this morning or you think that you came to church and thinking that, oh, I'm good with God. No, 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 it don't work like that. You got to make a decision for yourself. <laughs> and as well as I know my name, I made a decision for myself. And Jesus is the most realest thing that I have. I looked at all the other religions. I observed all the rest of them. And the only thing that made sense was a God that gave his life for you and me. What kind of manner of this that he would give his life for us? And I'm telling you this morning, as well as my know my name, tomorrow's not promised, but if you give your life to him, I'm not telling you it's gonna be roses, but I am telling you this, that you won't be in this by yourself. The greatest fulfillment that you'll ever have is knowing Jesus. And he will fill that empty void in your heart. I dare you to give him a try. And I promise you, I will. I promise you, if you give your heart to him today, you will never be the same. You'll never be the same. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, you can do that as well. The opportunity is here. God is not looking at you condemning you. He's looking at you saying, come home. Come home, come back to me and let me do, let me, let me show you what I intended for your life to be. Let me show you. You want to become a part of TCF? I would love to be your pastor, but I'm more concerned about you being connected with Jesus more than you being connected with TCF. So Lord, just say, but repeat this prayer after me. If you want to give your life to Christ, it's not the prayer that makes you saved. It's your true heart's passion. Nobody's looking at you. If you're watching online, nobody's. Listen, this is your moment between you and God. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. <laughs> I acknowledge I don't have it all together. I acknowledge I can't figure this out by myself. I'm tired of running this life alone. I acknowledge that you died on the cross for me, that you were buried and that you rose again on the third day and that you ascended to the right hand of the Father just for me. I do not want to live this life oh, cast away from you. I want to make you the Lord over my life, that you will have all rulership and authority.
in my life today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, we believe that you're saved. Come on, everyone. Come on, clap your hands. For those of people who made a decision online or in person, I would love to speak to you about your decision that you made today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.